This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. What is happening? Welcome to the Bus Pitch Podcast. You're more pitching podcast from pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is August 26th. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Oh, Dylan Cease. No. Uh, 4.1 innings, 8 and runs, 9 hits, 5 walks, 6 Ks against the Athletics. And it's a situation where, look, you're putting in Dylan Cease as a strikeout guy. You're also recognizing that he does have those amazing nights. And of course, these horrible nights. So it's up to you. If you are in a very tight race for ERA and ratio and and whip, you don't go for it. He's only has five wins this season as well. But if you need a Hail Mary play, Dylan Cease is that guy for you. So don't feel like in this final month that you have to hold on to Dylan Cease because it's Dylan Cease. These are the times where you have to make these tough decisions. And yeah, it's really hard to bank that Dylan Cease is going to have his great slider and a good enough fastball or curveball to get through a given night. Mitch Keller went against the Cubs. He did really well, eight innings, zero and runs, and six Ks. The cutter is becoming a bigger factor for him, and he leaned on that heavily with his two fastballs as well, and not really much else after that. I guess we're kind of in against the Royals and Brewers, but I do recognize, of course, that uh, it's a little bit weird. Again, it's always kind of weird with Mitch Keller, so not the biggest of fans. Framber Valdez threw seven no-hit innings, however, came with five Ks and six uh, strike. Sorry, five walks and six strikeouts against the Tigers. The cutter is still missing. He was effectively wild with a lot of hung changeups as well. And yeah, it kind of worked out and that's fine. But this is not that start of confidence that the zero and runs and seven innings and zero hits would suggest. He gets the Yankees next and I think he's just going to still roll with that. But I really want that cutter to be more than 8% usage. That really should be just much better than that. Matt Manning against the Astros. 6.1 innings of zero and runs, one hit, one, zero walks and three Ks. Huge props to him for this start. He was only 93-94, though, and only two whiffs across all secondaries, including that slider. It's not really the thing I want to chase, plus you throw in the fact that he left early because of a back injury. So I, I'm giving him massive credit. He deserves the gold star for this, but I don't want to trust him for my fantasy teams. Yoana Don against the Marlins came through six innings, zero runs, two its zero walks, and three Ks in 94 pitches. I don't really trust that his command is this good. It was change-ups and sliders then, and really I just think of Adon as a curveball fastball guy. So kind of new and different and just strange, and at the end of the day, still three strikeouts. You need a lot of good fortune in the field to make this work. Yohan Adon really isn't the guy that I want to go for. Garrett Cole ace is going to ace in dominance with 11 strikeouts against the the Rays. Uh, really good slider and curveball here down in glove side, and fastballs upstairs is exactly what Garrett Cole should be. Uh, you have Sonny Gray against the Rangers. Really came through. Got the win. Seven innings, one earned run. And it's so nice to see this. I know it's four strikeouts. He did get a little bit lucky to survive this. But 
Sonny Gray is someone who you're, yeah, you're just starting him. You should be raising him up the list a bit because it's at a point of, yeah, we're just going to keep going with him. And now that we only have a month left and he's in this good place, you got to hope that he holds on to it for just a little bit longer. Spencer Strider ace is going to ace as well with nine strikeouts and 24 whiffs against the Giants because he's just amazing. Uh, Patrick Sandoval against the Mets. Six innings to one and run to its four walks in seven Ks. I've been really out on Sandoval for most of this year, if not all of it. Because he just cannot have a game with changeups and sliders both working. And that actually wasn't even the case here. Changeup was good, slider wasn't. Right? It's just maddening to me. And I don't really want to go for this. It's just, I don't really buy what Sandoval does on a given night. Brandon Woodruff against the Padres. He's so close to Aces Ganes. I want to give him after this 11 strikeouts in six innings. I feel like I need to do one more. Because it was a clunker in the one before this. So fine, we'll wait until that club start and give it to him. But yeah, he should get it there. Kodai Senga is making an amazing push for Aces going to ace himself. Here was 6.2 innings of 200 runs for its three walks and 10 strikeouts. It was the Angels, but I should be putting him into at least that third tier before um, before the Aces going to ace guys. Like guys that are on the cusp of it, he deserves it. Zach Eflin against the Yankees, six innings of 200 runs, seven hits, one walk, 11 Ks. Didn't get the win because of Garrett Cole. 40% CSW, though, so he gets a King Cole because he threw a sweeper 13 times, seven whiffs. Oh, my. This is a new thing for Eflin. It was curveball cutter and, and sinker. And this is what? Now you have a great sweeper? This is That's insane. I hope he holds on to that. He didn't need to be better, but now he is. Uh, Tanner Bybee against the Jays did everything you'd want from Tanner Bybee, throwing four seamers up and sliders and curves for strikes and had a good change up down and it came through. And maybe I'm not giving Bybee enough credit, but I, you know, I hope to see more of this, um, this command from him moving forward. It's just not what I typically see, but he's just consistently performing for you. And as long as he's starting, you are starting him now until uh, he gives us a really good reason not to. I'm still weirded out by it, but just because I'm weirded out by it doesn't mean I'm not starting him. Does that make sense? It doesn't quite add up all the way through for me, but maybe I'm missing something off and am. And you're not going to not start him. So, okay. <laughs> uh, Tanner Bybee. Um, Christopher Sanchez against the Cardinals. Did great. Six innings, two and runs, five hits, zero walks, and six Ks. And now he gets the battered Angels. Wonderful. Unfortunately, after that, it is the Padres in Atlanta. So it might be the end of the line for Christopher Sanchez. I know that sounds so crazy to say because he's been so good. The Padres are so amazing against lefties. And, of course, you don't want to start him against Atlanta. And that's three weeks that you're waiting, essentially, right? So, oh, boy. Um, enjoy the next one, and after that, it's September, and you might have to just kind of move on and just say this has been a great run. Kyle Hendricks against the Pirates did well as a Toby, once again, and he is a Spider-Man. That is the best Toby there is through this year. Brandon Fought also came through, and I guess he's kind of a Vargas rule. He does get the Dodgers next, so I'm not going to do it, but he did well against the Reds in Arizona. 5.1 innings of turned runs, three, uh, three hits, one walk, five Ks. But after the Dodgers, he does get Rocky Road and the Cubs after. So I don't know if he's so highly sought after that you need to stash him for 10 days um, for that Rocky Road game. But yeah, I, I'm back and forth there. Um, it's a sweeper and a four-seamer, and they're overperforming in my view. So I, I think you don't start him against the Dodgers. I think you throw him back to the wire, stream for another week, and then you come back against the Rocky Road and go from there. We have a lot of other pitchers to talk about, and of course, today and tomorrow's starters. We're going to talk about all of those after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. 
Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick the two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. Zach Neal started for the athletics and got a win because he was opposite Dylan C. So look, you can get wins if you are an athletic starter. Just it's Zach Neal and not everyone else that you expect to get wins. Yeah, he's not really that great. I mean, this is not the person you should be chasing, so I'm not going to really go further into this one. Uh, Cutter Crawford survived against the Dodgers. Five innings, two and runs, four hits, one walk, and seven Ks. Awesome stuff here. Four-seamer did really well. I think he got... A little bit more out of his cutter than we normally see and the other stuff as well. But now against the Astros, do you want to do that? I don't know. I don't think so. You, I'm pretty sure you don't. After that, it's okay. I guess the, the Rays and whatnot. But yeah, I, I'm not feeling like I need to hold on to cutter for that Astros. Sorry, it's up to you to, to decide. Depends on your league, of course. Braxton Garrett did well against the Nationals for a poor quality start. Seven hits, zero walks, and three Ks. Essentially the Bailey special, just not enough strikeouts. But... Yeah, the slider wasn't very good. The cutter was better. The sinker command was still terrible. I'm a little weirded out by it. He gets the Nationals next, and I hope that it's better there. I think it's good enough for you to do that, considering he did well despite not having the slider, and hopefully that doesn't improve next time. Lanson was opposite um, that Carter Crawford start. Six innings, 300 runs, 10 hits, one walk for a very, very, very poor quality start. One strikeout, but he got the win because it's the Dodgers. It is so nice to pitch for the Dodgers. Lanson had his fastball was okay, and he's been throwing more fastballs and fewer cutters and also leaning more in on the secondaries over the cutter. But if those secondaries aren't good, then there you go, right? And that's what happened here. Lance Lynn has been very inconsistent with everything but the four-seamer and cutter all year. And we kind of saw that what that looks like here. But I think you just got to keep starting Lance Lynn. That's that. Cal Freeland actually did well against the Orioles. Got a very poor quality start. Actually, sorry, just a poor quality start. Eight hits, zero walks, and three Ks in Baltimore. In Baltimore. In Baltimore. Okay, outside of course is really the important part there. He threw harder across everything, like two ticks, but that just means 90.6 in the fastball instead of 88.6. Yeah, I'm not really at a point to trust Kyle Freeland. I think these Rocky starters are actually not so bad outside of course. And I kind of want to make that point. Like Kyle Freeland can do this, Alston Gomber can, Ty Block can, Peter Lambert just did. It's not out of the question. So if you're desperate for a start, it's not the worst thing ever inside of Baltimore. Bryce Miller against the Royals, four innings, three hundred runs, six hits, one walk, and six Ks. Very disappointing. Four-seamer had 14 whiffs, but the other stuff just didn't do well. Half of his hits came on breakers when he threw far more four-seamers. It's really annoying, and uh, it's just one of those things that we're going to have to see from Bryce Miller constantly is when his secondaries are not that good, he is more susceptible to starts like this. And also, Kenzie's been kind of good. Um, we have Cole Irvin against the Rockies in Rocky Road, hosting them in, in Baltimore, of course. And 
Six innings, four and runs, six sets, one walk, five Ks. Disappointing. I think Colvin actually pitched pretty well. Low, hard contact as well. Now he gets the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Red Sox, who aren't the like stalwarts of offense, right? 85 pitches here for Cole Irvin. Not the worst stream, especially in a quality start a league. Chris Bassett against Guardians didn't work out. Not really anything to say here. Like You're going to start Chris Bassett because he's opponent agnostic. He does well regardless of who he faces. And he does better. He does well more often than not. So just keep going with that. Brady Singer, I'm at a weird crossroad with because the slider command is still very good, but the sinker command is not now. I mean, this was all over the place inside the zone, and he allowed a ton of hits on it against the Mariners, thus making him a cherry bomb again. So it's four innings, four and runs, nine hits, one walk, six Ks. Seeing that amazing slider command, though, is really enticing, but if it really does come with just kind of random sinkers in the zone, I can't really get behind it. So it is now cherry bomb territory once again, and not a must start for Singer. Dane Dunning against the Twins did not have a good cutter or slider, and without those, he just got demolished by the Twins. Six walks as well in here, so I'm off the boat here um, with Dane Dunning. Um, you have Miles Michaelis against the Phillies, and didn't do well because it's Miles Michaelis. Then you have the last three here. Logan Webb against Atlanta. It was against Atlanta. I was out this game. I mean, whatever. It's Atlanta. So you just move on from Logan Webb. You Darvish went 24% splitters, and that was a good pitch. It was one over 24 for hit. So 23 of the 24 he threw do not allow to hit, which is great. 44% CSW, but it's just kind of strange. He always has a new thing. And I think a lot of the pitches were over the plate. Not this, I mean, the splitter was, and he got away with it a lot, but the other pitches were too. And Milwaukee punished him for that. He's generally opponent agnostic like Chris Bassett too, so you're just going to keep going with it, and that's that. And Hunter Green against the Diamondbacks, very annoying because the hits he allowed were a slider, two sliders and two change-ups, and they, it's just annoying. Like, those were over the plate. And it's like, ugh, just don't, don't do those. But I mean, I really do think he's good enough, and he gets the Giants next. I know, 3.2 innings, 500 runs, guys. You're not happy with Hunter Green. I think you start him against the the Giants, and we're just going to take it from there. I'm looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. I know a lot of them have started. I'm on the West Coast. That's why everything's just kind of weird out again. My apologies. You know the stuff from today. I'm not even going to go over them. Because of that, I'm very curious to see how Dakota Hudson and Zach Wheeler fare, though. That's going to be a very, very fun one. Uh, but looking forward to tomorrow's games for your Sunday. Uh, we have Luis Castillo, Justin Verlander, Aaron Nola, Jesus Lazardo, Grayson Rodriguez, Yusei Kikuchi, and Jordan Montgomery in that top tier. I'm really just saying, like, look, if you have Kikuchi and Montgomery, you're just going to throw them. You know this. Uh, probable start tier, you have Michael Waka, Graham Ashcraft, and Carl Rodon. Honestly, I feel really good about Carl Rodon. Um, I know he didn't come through with strikeouts. He's not overpowering as much as he was before, but I feel like with every start, he should be better. And Graham Ashcraft has been doing some weird things. I talked to Eno about this last night. He's... Graham Ashcraft throws two sliders, more of a gyro slider, and then also a sweeping slider. And that kind of makes more sense um, based on what I saw about movement before, about him being more of a cutter one, so probably think more of the gyro and the sweeper one. And that's getting kind of combined a bit when it comes to um, the savant uh, readings on it. Regardless, his cutter command has been much better, and he's introduced that cutter arm side a lot. So Graham Ashcraft, I'm a little bit more encouraged, a lot more encouraged than I've ever been really with him at the moment. And Michael Walker against the Brewers is a very clear one to do as well. Uh, you have questionable start tier, Bailey Ober against Texas. So good luck. I like Bailey Ober, but it's Texas. Oh boy. Bailey Falter is our stream pick of the day. It's kind of reluctant there against the Cubs. I think Bailey Falter's fine. I think it's just essentially Toby. So there it is there. Zach Littell might get a win against the Yankees. He's been very unlucky with those and he didn't come through last time out. In a very good matchup, but a rocky road. Still, Littell has in them to to make that worthwhile 
I'm um, not really a huge fan of it. That's why it's a questionable start, but I get that that could work if you're chasing a win. Uh, Mike Clevenger gets the Athletics didn't come through in his very, very fortunate start last time. Very good matchup. But hey, you never know. It's the Athletics. We'll see. Paul Blackburn's on the other side of that. He could come through with his kitchen sink approach. Maybe it's just more of a focus on sliders and changeups. I don't know, but we've seen him come through before, and he could come through again here. Emmett Sheehan is going against the Red Sox. It's very nice pitching for the Dodgers. Maybe that works out. I don't love it. But there's a chance he becomes, you know, five, six inning Toby again. Griffin Canning against the Mets. He has strikeout upside here. I don't know how stretched out he is, though. So he's near the bottom of questionable start for that reason. If he, if we knew that he was going to go at least 90 pitches, he'd be higher up inside the questionable start tier. And Adrian Hauser against the Padres. I hate him. I'm sorry. I like him as a person. For fantasy purposes, I hate dealing with it because it's just fastballs for the most part. Sometimes he does jam them inside well, and it could work out against the Padres. But boy, is it. Not that high of a reward, and oftentimes just very bad. Um, do not start here. David Peterson someone to consider just because it's the Angels. But I really don't like what he does, so it, that mix is just not for me. But if you're needing one, I could see... I, I was even tempted to tempt put him into the tier with Adrian Hauser. But man, I just don't like his stuff. Um, Slane Sony against the Reds. Maybe that works. He was able to scrape by innings last time, and who's, who knows? Ty Block, as I mentioned, against the Orioles in Camden. Uh, Alec Marsh maybe against the Mariners. Trevor Williams has a chance always against the Marlins. Uh, Noah Syndergaard against the Jays. No thanks. Jordan Wicks is making his debut, and that's pretty cool. But it's an MLB debut, and I just don't go for that, and I don't have much intel on how long he'll go and how good he'll be, and it's just no thanks. Um, against the Pirates, Jared Schuster's coming back, and he didn't do well in Triple A's. But it is the Giants, and it's for Atlanta. But ugh. Um, Alex Fajardo against the Astros. Good slider, not much else. And it's the Astros. Tanner Houck against the Dodgers. Didn't really have his best stuff last time. It was against the Astros, and now it's the Dodgers, so no thanks. Drew Rahm, I was not very impressed with as he goes against the Phillies. I don't even know how long he's going to go. And Jacob Junis against the uh, against Atlanta with likely under uh, five innings, so absolutely not. All right, that is it for today. Thanks so much uh, for for listening this deep in the season. I, good luck to your fantasy teams. Of course, I'll be here through the end of the year and doing my regular update to the list on Monday. Of course, with the schedule one coming out, the end of, uh, sorry, next Monday, that is the one that looks at rest of season schedules as we shift the list. And this week is the last traditional version of the list all year. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your babas below and your strikeouts high.